When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. Powered by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango for Jeff Burton. Joining me in the studio, we have got Jamie Rivers. Hello, Jamie. Hi, Donnie. How are you? <laughs> hey, buddy. Didn't mean to surprise you. No, we've got another guest in here who's playing with me. Are you breaking stuff, Stalter? What? I I thought I could push buttons. <laughs> no. I'm used to driving. I, this is this is fantastic. Oh, I, I could drive. do other things. Yeah, yeah, man. You could just hang out. You this don't have great. to drive and nothing no. this time around. This is my first time in the uh, Last Minute Blues podcast. You'll never forget your first time, Anthony. Thanks. Anthony Stalter, Stalter from 101 ESPN <laughs> joining us for the podcast. Gentlemen, uh, I think the first thing that I want to do with Anthony right here is that I'm looking at him uh, and is talk about something that doesn't have to do with hockey. If my bills don't get healthy, uh, we're going to be in a crap load of trouble here, yeah. right? Well, okay, so tomorrow tomorrow you guys have the Lions. So that, have the that, Lions. That's like a smash opportunity. We in, in the fantasy community, we call that a smash opportunity, which means like Josh Allen should go absolutely bonkers against that defense. We would hope so. Settled for a lot of field goals last last week, as you know. I mean, they racked up thirty some odd points against Cleveland, but every every time they go down the uh, the, the field, there was it was it resulted in a field goal. So I want to see I want to see the Bills open things back up again tomorrow. If not, that tells me everything we need to know about Josh Allen's injury. That I, should be a huge game for Buffalo's offense. I am uh, I, I am not only concerned about his elbow. But also, too, it just seems like, and I know that it's the way that it works sometimes, but like it just seems like we get two guys healthy and then two guys go back down. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, it might be Mitch Morse this week uh, that might not play, so it'll be a backup center in there. All I know is is that now that the Bills are good, I worry about every fr- every freaking game, <laughs> and it was much easier when they sucked. <laughs> like I, I just didn't have as much freaking heart into it as I do right. now, man. But uh, that said, um, on to the other uh, topic at hand is uh, our St. Louis Blues are on a roll. Yeah. Nice to see. Was there ever any doubt? <laughs> Come on. No. <laughs> Especially not during the eight-game losing streak. No. Right? I wasn't worried at all. No. It was fun. That was great, wasn't it, guys? No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Not at all. Here's the thing. They learned a lot about themselves. They did, Anthony. 
What what it what did, did they learn? I, I guess. Uh, how to lose, for one thing, <laughs> right. and um, <laughs> things that you shouldn't do if you want to win. Sure. And uh, I'm being snarky about it, but we had Craig Ruby on the fast lane yesterday and basically kind of asked him that question. You know, what did you learn? What did you guys all learn about the team during those moments? And just picked up on the fact that, hey, there's a way to play. There's a way to do things. There's a way to uh, manage the puck. There's certain expectations. There's things that we do as a team that we weren't doing. And so that's why we were losing. And then it started to gradually get better and better and better until they started winning a game here, a game there. And then now it's like, just like we were expecting them to lose during that eight-game skid, I feel like we're expecting them to win now during this streak. It seems as though that it's just the little things that the team is, I mean, not to, not to overly simplify, but it just seems like they're doing a lot more of the little things now that they were not doing beforehand. It's a compete level. For me, it's a compete level, and you look it back at some of their biggest uh, problems during that eight-game skid was that there were pockets of where you're like, what is going on? Like, what? who is this team? Because guys weren't competing, the turnovers. Uh, the other team just it looked like they had no resistance up and down the ice, especially in the neutral zone and in the defensive zone for the Blues. It was, it was tough. It was like watching the Globetrotters play against the Generals sometimes. <laughs> Which was crazy because the Blues are built on you know hard work, defense first mentality, two hundred foot game, and Anthony, I know we talked about it so many times that it just that wasn't what we were watching at all. No, not at all. You know, I don't know how it is for you guys, but for me, looking back at the the losing streak, I, I respect not that I disrespect anybody uh, on the team because I mean, you're trying you're trying to figure it out and you're trying to figure it out in a team game. Uh, and so often, Jamie, I know you've talked about this too. You start to become an individual contractor. You go back to what Doug Armstrong said during the the Stanley Cup. Uh, the, the, well, I, think, I guess it was yeah, it was, it was that year, wasn't it? The Stanley Cup run. We One of those years. It's, everything's a blur for me. Anthony. Either way, I, I'm pretty sure that was after Mike Yo was let go. But for me, I have a I have an even greater appreciation for the guys that were playing well. I mean, Jordan Binnington has been consistent since day one. But the number you got to you got to look past the numbers, right, Jamie? You've talked about this. You got to look past the numbers with Jordan Binnington. He was playing well during the, the eight game losing streak. Guy like Justin Falk has been incredibly consistent. Braden Shen has been incredibly consistent. So even though that eight game losing streak sucked, now that we're out of it and they've won seven games, Donnie, I, I I have an even greater appreciation for the guys that were even playing well during the eight game losing streak. Yeah, well, you want to talk numbers for yeah. a second? Jordan Benning, we talk about ignore the numbers during the losing skid because he was one of the bright spots for the Blues. During this six game winning streak for Bennington, seven because Grice has played the one game. He's got a 2.00 goals against and a 940 save percentage. Damn. So don't ignore the numbers now. No, but that's what he was doing before. But unfortunately, your team, like everybody wasn't playing good enough. So you were getting those performances from Jordan Bennington. But when you have three goals in one game, I'll never forget the Kings game, where there is guys standing all by themselves, back door, not covered, and they just tap it into an open net. Your goalie's not to blame for right. those. So either way, the numbers are finally turning into uh, what we want them to be for Jordan Bennington. Okay, now all of the – listen, I am here for the seven-game winning streak. Hopefully we make it eight tonight against Buffalo. Uh, all right? But is it fair to still really wonder what we have in this Blues team with them being as streaky as they have been? Win three, lose eight, or – Win seven. I mean, are we still... I mean, like, as much as I'm completely thrilled to see them winning again, I'm still watching these games going, I don't know. You know what I mean? It seems like a consistent 60 minutes is still pretty tough for these dudes. 
Anthony, you asked that yesterday. Yeah, I, I oh, asked. You asked that yesterday. That makes no, me feel smart. No, ja- well, well, I don't. Uh, feel like <laughs> uh, but no, I had Johnny asked Jamie that. I said, okay, so what? What version of the blues should should we be buying here? And it, the answer probably is a combination of of everything. But I phrased it just like you did: three up, eight down, seven up. Now. What what version can we count on moving forward? And maybe you have to go f- like an individual from an individual player standpoint, Jamie. I think what you're seeing now is really what this team is. Um, if you look at the games, you know they're winning the games they're supposed to win, and then they're squeaking through some of the games that are tough. I think that's what this team is. I think it's a top of the middle of the pack team that is going to get into the playoffs. And the way they play will be problematic for teams, specifically with Jordan Bennington in net. So they're not as bad as what the eight-game losing skid was. I feel like they're this version of what we're seeing right now is what this team is. Now, is that good enough ultimately against the Vegases, against the Colorados on a regular basis? Is that is it is it going to keep them at the top of the class? You know, to be determined. But I do feel like what I'm watching is not an anomaly to the point where, like, wow, I can't believe these guys, that guy's playing so good right now. No, Ryan O'Reilly's finally playing the way he should. Robert Thompson, Jordan Cairo are finally playing the way they should. So, to me, everything is kind of normal. So that way I look at it and go, yeah, I think I think this is the team. I think this is what we are. All right, so this is definitely looking into the crystal ball a ways away, and I understand that this is not uh, anything that is, is imminent. But... You know, as you're looking at this team now through 25 games or whatever the case may be, and I know that we're forever away from the trade deadline, but, I mean, do you... Are you already trading guys, Donnie? I'm not trading Son anybody. Of a batch of biscuits. The, the, <laughs> the question is, though, is is there starting to become a bit of a focus for you on maybe something that the Blues will need to get? Uh, well... Gosh, it's early. I know it's it is. And, and maybe that's um, a dumb question because no, of how dumb. early it is. Donnie, I've told you several times, you're in a safe space here, okay? <laughs> well, thank right? you, but that doesn't still mean that I don't answer, ask dumb questions. I definitely do that. You're right, but I just said you're in a safe <laughs> space, okay? Um, I think it's early to worry about a trade deadline yeah. because, look, you finally have this group of players performing the way you wanted them to. So if Thomas and Kyrou continue on this trajectory, they'll be right where they were yet last year. O'Reilly will be right where he was. Braden Shen is exceeding what he did last year. So you start to evaluate your team go, okay, well, where do we need help? Well, right now I'd look at the blue line because you've got some injuries and you were one more injury away from being completely depleted. Colton Pareko out for an extended period of time. If that would have happened, now you're kind of screwed. And what are you going to go back and say, ooh, I hope Marco Scandella gets healthy. I hope Robert Portu. They're not Colton Pareko. Right. So if I was to look at something that down the road, if everything stays equal to where the Blues continue to perform the way we think they should – a luxury for them at the deadline would be to acquire another blue line guy that could come in and solidify that back end. Is Pareko's injury? Is this a continuation of what happened last year? Is this the back? We don't. We don't know. No idea. I uh, tried to corner Craig Berube on the road, <laughs> and he told uh, you to hose off. <laughs> I tried to look imposing, and uh, some reason he wasn't intimidated at all. Uh, told me to go. Uh, chase myself right so i did that <laughs> i got the upper body it's an upper body riv okay all right i'm gonna tell you the same thing that i tell everybody else you know yep. with, with, with him i have i and i i've talked about coach peruby multiple times on the podcast 
I am just an absolutely gigantic fan of the way that that man goes about his business every day, whether they're winning, whether they're losing. He just seems to be an incredibly consistent presence for the team. Yeah, you know, you you come to appreciate. I'm sure it is. It's the same thing with you, Donnie, when you're interviewing bands, and you know, you get some bands that come in and they're very difficult, or they. I don't know what's worse, they're, if they're difficult or they, they just give you the stock answers. And you get that because you're part of it's just part of it. You realize you've got a job to do. They've got, you know, they, they, they're going through media row, so to speak, and they've got certain obligations that they have to fulfill. And you just kind of have that mutual understanding. But you really respect the bands that come in and, and have a conversation with you and, and tend to enjoy it. It's the same thing with coaches and players. Craig Berube has been... One of the, I don't even, I don't want to, I don't want to use the term easy, enjoyable. He's been enjoyable to cover and it's been enjoyable to converse with because he plays along. Our show tends to be, you know, off the rails no. a lot uh, because of uh, uh, Jamie and BT typically. But oh wow, okay, okay, I get that way too. But you know, Craig Craig Ruby comes in and he's he's anybody that I feel like becomes a part of our show. That's a guest, Matt Holiday. Same thing. It it winds up being a better interview. Mm-hmm. We get more out of him. He gets. He's not sitting there giving us stock answers for ten minutes. And and it's, it's just it's not always like that. And other managers and coaches within you know St. Louis. I've been happened to be here for ten years now, and he's one of the best. Jeff Fisher was very accommodating. It, I got nothing to say like bad about Jeff Fisher, but Baruby's different. Uh, Mike Matheny kind of did what he did. Just, all right, I, I got to be here. I'll answer your question. Sometimes he gets a little ticked off, but it's not the same. You get the feedback with Craig Berube, and as Jamie has mentioned before on our show, he's always available. How do you guys How do you guys prep for that when you know that you are going to be interviewing someone, uh, a coach, when the team is struggling, and you know, man, this dude does not want to talk to me about any of this stuff right now, but, I mean, there's a way that you have to go about your business, correct? Correct. Well, so let's go back to expand on what Anthony was just talking about and answer your question all in one swoop here is, you know, you look at the eight game skid or whatever it was at one point uh, within that skid and Craig Berube was scheduled to come on the show. because He's a weekly guest. I reached out to chief and I was like, Hey, if you don't want to do it, man, this was right after army did his whole media day and talk with the team and like if anybody's kind of sick of talking to the media it's probably craig ruby at this point threw it out there to him and just say hey if you don't want to do it no worry he's like no i'll i'll be there i'll be uh put me on for 2 30 and so we i came in i was like well chief says let's go 2 30 and then you know what in those situations we try to make light of it a little bit okay uh and then ask him relevant questions don't ask him questions that he's already talked about to everybody. Don't ask him questions that he doesn't have the answer to. He's like, so how are you going to fix this? Really? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> if I had that answer, I probably would have solved it six losses ago. <laughs> sure. You know? like, right, right. We, we wouldn't be we here wouldn't at eight. We wouldn't be here. Yeah. Right. So, but he's, you know, as far as prep goes, I think that, you know, Anthony's been in the business such a long time and he's covered all, every sport. And BT, being a former player and covering sports and myself too, like you just know what you should be asking and how to keep it to where it's uh, business-like. And then we always find a way somehow organically to have some fun with mm-hmm. Chief. Uh, he Or Chief himself takes it upon himself to make fun of me for something, which <laughs> yeah. is easy to do, which is fine. So it's it's weird because sometimes when we're like 
kind of like, oh, boy, he'll come firing in with, like, some kind of an insult towards me. Like, when somebody makes a bad play, be like, you know, like you did, Riff. <laughs> I'm like, oh, really? Here we go, right? right. This is where we're right. headed? So then that yeah. just makes it, it kind of makes it all better. Yeah, and you can't, yeah, I, you know, to add to what Jamie's saying, Donnie, you, you can't, you just can't make it personal. You can't, you can't be a fan. I mean, and fans are passionate. Fans want you, I think, and we are the conduit to fans, so you, you want to make sure that you are kind of appeasing both, and the Blues are a rights holder to us, so we want to make sure that we're respectful to them, but we also, you know, rights holder doesn't mean cheerleader, so we want to make sure that during an eight-game losing streak, we're not, we're not trying to, you know, put lipstick on a pig too much, but... Let's be respectful to him. He's he's trying to you know get out of it just like we hope he's getting out get out of it. But we have to ask hard you know hard questions. What we can't do is what I think a lot what some fans want us to do is just you got to hold him accountable, right? Yeah, you got to hold him accountable. And I don't I don't understand what that means. I almost cursed. You could. (laughs) What do you you talk? Hold him accountable. So what does that mean? Why are you losing? Defend yourself right now. It, that, that, that doesn't do anything. It closes people off. You want to open them up so that they're they're going to give you a, maybe a, a peek behind the curtain. Yeah. They're, they're not going to say, yeah, yeah listen, <laughs> this is what opponents are exactly doing to us. So that every other opponent on the schedule right. can, can can also take that same game plan. But there are ways to, to get the most out of a player or a coach that is more strategic than scheming or you know hitting hitting somebody over the head of uh, you, you played you like crap that, be held accountable you don't want to be that scumbag reporter either that is just looking for negativity mm-hmm. right looking for that moment the i got you moment like really okay you got your i got you moment you'll never talk to him again yeah right. yeah right. or if you do you'll get i mean three word answers very generic you'll get the bill belichick yeah i i learned a long time ago in my career of asking bands questions the the right way to phrase things in like a in, in sort of a more open like positive way, you know what I mean? Like because I don't even remember who I was interviewing, but I had asked maybe a couple of questions that were a little on the like negative kind of leaning side, not towards the artist, but I was just like, oh, you know what? This is just not the way to get the best out of that out of that person. It it is very very important how that how that that question is phrased, and also too, I just don't understand what fans look for a lot of times from the sports media. I read a lot. I watch a lot. And I feel like my questions nine and a half times out of 10 are virtually always answered by or asked by somebody. Right. I, I feel like it's the fan bitching to bitch more than anything else. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, Donnie. Um, there are some negative people. <laughs> I think, I think, you know, and we, we get, look, you gotta, you gotta get to this, this level. Um, at some point, you know, that when the when the Blues lost to, was it the was it the Avalanche? It was when they it was it was after they had won a game to kind of get back into the series, and then I think they went out to Colorado. No, it was that, it was after uh, the the Kadri injury, yeah, or uh, the the Bennington injury because of Kadri. So we had we had that two days of lead up talking talking about the Kadri injury or I'm sorry, Bennington's injury because of Kadri, and you go into the, that that game. And we're all we're all like amped up, and I hope I have my timeline right. But we're all amped up. We're all ready to go. And and that was the game where Kadri had the 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 hat trick. Yeah, like fans want you to be ticked off. We should be ticked off. So we came on that next day, and I, I was I was very critical. I said this this dude comes into your building and took a dump on your rug and then walked out and said you clean it up. And I was very critical of that moment. 
you can't be that way after every single loss, especially right. in a regular season. But you're a fan, you're passionate, you're watching it. You want somebody to be ticked off with yeah. you. You want the fans to, or the, the players to be ticked off or the coaching staff to be ticked off. At the very least, you want Jamie and I to be ticked off, right? right. So there is an element of that. But when you have the coach on, yeah. and as far that, as the that's players, not the time. Yeah. As far as the players are concerned, and some guys, oh, that guy has no emotion. You have no idea what he's feeling. Right. Because not that, that hockey players are robots, but you are trained from a very young age to like just mask it. Like especially my generation of player, like you don't over celebrate a goal because you might get your face punched in. Uh, you don't like go too negative and smash your stick and that because it looks bad. You you know not a Showing good reflection of yourself for the team. Yeah. And so there is still some of that in these hockey players. So if you're looking at them and you think well, he doesn't care, he might be going into the locker room and breaking twelve sticks. Over the wall, or whatever, because but he's not going to show it. Couple reasons: one, doesn't want it to look bad, and two, doesn't want the opposition to know. Last thing you want the opposition to know is that you know you're hurt or that you're upset. Because after that, I'm, I'm like I'm celebrating. If I got a reaction out of a guy like when I played, it was great. If I got a reaction or somebody tried to turn and punch me in the face or tried to run me the next shot, I was like. Fish on. Right. I got him. Well, and, and, now I got him for the whole game. Yeah, yeah. And what do we what do we do when that, that player shows that that emotion? What do we do? Right? It's a losing effort. The player the player smashes the stick or, or does something or whatever. Crap what do on we do? Him for oh, for, yeah. for not being able to hold his cool exactly. and yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or where was we, that emotion during the game? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> we as fans, and and I will I will extend this because we are fans. We're we're fans as well. We as fans are hypocrites. We we want we want our players to look a certain way, our teams to look a certain way, but yet we also want to hold them accountable for when like we're ticked off. So ultimately, we want them to have the same emotion we do when we're watching a game that 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 these players have lost. So we hold them. Uh, uh, you can't show any emotion there. You have to. Hold, he doesn't have any composure. Well, <laughs> right. What do you want? Right. right. So. Listen, obviously, you know how important it is to take care of your teeth and to take care of the health of your mouth. And maybe it's been a bit since you and your family have had a dentist of your own. Well, listen, why don't you share my dentist, Dr. James Maxwell of Crestwood Dental Group. Over on Watson Road, Dr. Maxwell has been my family's dentist for a number of years now. And I tell you what, I went to Dr. Maxwell with a bunch of issues, a bunch of And he has been so amazing and his staff in working me through and getting me to where I'm confident in my smile again. And also, too, my kids don't dread going to the dentist office like I did when I was a kid. They're in. They're out. It's just another thing they've got to do. So, listen, if your family needs a dentist, Dr. Maxwell and his staff are the absolute best. All right. It's Crestwood Dental Group. Dr. James Maxwell. Find out more at CrestwoodDental.com or give him a ring at 314-463-5655. That's 314-463-5655. Here's a question for you guys. I, I love what you guys do on ESPN. I've gotten to be a part of a couple of different shows. One of the things that I've, you know, I've loved sports as long as I've loved music. I think it's kind of hand in hand how much I love them both. Sometimes I get a little jaded by the music side of things because I've been here for so long and interviewed so many bands and stuff. How do you guys like keep the sports part fun for you? How do you make it not? And I know that it's you're you're doing radio talking about sports, but it is still a job. But how do you continue to love sports? Because there are times where yeah. like I want to set the music industry on fire. So for me, and I know you're gonna find this hard to believe. I try to have fun. 
no matter what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's hard to believe, right? I know. Um, so serious all the time. Yeah, yeah. I try to have fun with it. I mean, we're not we're not do, performing open heart surgery. Yep. Right. So there there are things that are you know, going to be serious topics, but for the most part, I always feel like let's have a good time with what we're talking about. Um, and we all play a character, pretty much. You know, it, it's like not really cares who we are, but we're all characters of the show. So it's up to us to. You know, have fun with it and be who we are. And, you know, the chemistry we have on our show is fantastic. So that takes care of itself. It has been at times hard for me to be a fan of hockey. And it still is a lot because when I watch a game, I'm in coach mode. Mm -hmm. I see all the mistakes. Yep. I, I, I can break down a play and tell you 12 things that went wrong quicker than I can tell you what went right. And it's just because that's the mentality of we got to fix the problem, right? If we do it right, I can go back and visit that later. We take a look at that later. But if we have a problem, we make a mistake, they score a goal, we got to fix that now because we can't give up another goal. And so there are days, there are times where I'm looking at it to where I'll come in, I'll tell, I'll, I, can, I don't even know what to talk about. Like, because I don't have a fan's perspective. Yeah, sometimes. that makes sense, man. And so sometimes content development, as crazy as that sounds, for me is difficult because I just view it as a coach. And then I look at it and I'm analyzing it. And I'm like, well, this is boring. This is not a segment. This is, this is negative. You know, I can't be doing this. So I do. I lean on these guys for for uh, the fans' perspective. I lean on Marshy, Stalter. Heck, sometimes we'll cue in the text line and be like, you know, what blues cues? What are your blues questions? Because sometimes the obvious question that someone will ask, I'm not even thinking about. Yeah. It. And I have I, I have no desire to talk about it until it's brought up. And I'm like, oh. You know what? That's a really good thing to discuss right now. And it's just because I go way too far into the coach, the serious, yep. breaking it down mode. And so that, that for me is probably the most difficult part sometimes is creating content or segments from a fan's perspective because I have a hard time being a fan. Yeah, that makes sense. Anthony, what about you? Because it's tough. I bet you you started like me and that you probably have been a hardcore sports fan yeah. since you were a wee little guy. Yeah, no, Donnie, it's a, it's a great question. I'll be I'll be honest. It it does it does kind of it does waver over time. I remember when I first got into radio, it was the same idea. You know, like like you're saying, you got into radio, you you love you love music, and wow, you get to go to work every day and talk about music or talk about sports. I remember my first job was in Detroit. And fortunately, I had some unbelievable people kind of show me the way. But I remember one time I was learning the board. I was learning the uh, the um, uh, the mixer board to become uh, what I wanted to do. I always wanted to be on air. But, look, I wasn't a former athlete like Jamie that also has an incredible personality or BT. And, you know, you kind of some, – some, some doors open up if you're talented and you work hard, and these two guys do. Those doors weren't necessarily open. I, I got to start at the, the bottom, and I was happy to do so. But I remember a producer one time, I said – uh, I was young, I'm 20, I don't know, 22, 23, right out of college. And I'm like, so how many autographs do you have from working with people? And, and she, she looked at me and she goes, no. She goes, you want to work in this business? That, whatever autograph you just got, that's your last autograph. <laughs> yep. You have a job to do. You're not, you're, you're not a fan. You're, you're trying to deliver content, like Jamie's talking about, to fans or get the most out of a player or, co- or a coach, like we were talking about before, because you are the conduit to the fan. You're not a fan anymore. Don't be don't be wearing jerseys and all this stuff and and I and I took that to heart. So over time, yeah, you do kind of become not a, not less of a fan of sports, but less of a fan of a certain team. So you have to challenge yourself. And Jamie kind of talked about challenge, you know, ways that he can kind of challenge himself. For me, I I gravitate toward the the 
almost the the, uh, the personal aspect of, of a player or a coach or why they think that way. Uh, some of the guys I love to, to, to really study is Nick Saban and Bill Belichick and uh, Greg Popovich. I mean, some of the best to ever do it and dive into to the, the strategy. Why, why did you do that? Why did you have some, so, so much success? Why is Saban, see, you know, th- this, this guy that year after year after year, everybody's hunting you and you're, you're still at, at the top of your game. How do you do that? And and how do you you know pivot when everybody's going this way? How did you think to to go that way? So for me, that's I I, I try to not dive necessarily into the game aspect and live and die on wins and losses, but how that individual you know strategized during that season or that week uh, to win that game. So I dive into the backstory. That's pretty crazy, man. Because that's kind of how I am. That's very similar to how I am with bands. You know what I mean? Like, where'd you start? Right, like, and 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 how you know how X record led to this new record, or how that sound is on this record. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just little things like that that absolutely keep me keep me coming back. I'm I'm sure for you too, Donnie. Like, if I'm if I'm if I'm in your shoes and you've you've interviewed, you know, you've been you've been a, a radio veteran for so long, you're interviewing bands that you've already interviewed a lot. I mean, for you, I would almost think, okay, what album did you not like? Yeah. You know, it's, or what was a challenge to play consistently yeah. that everybody loves? Every band everybody has a song it. that is a massive hit, and they're like, they're like, eh, right. on the song. I didn't really like that song. Or you come into the interview and you think, hey man, I'm going to ask those questions and I'm going to go that way. And the artist, nah, I don't think I want to do that. Right. I think I want to go down this lane. I think one of the, the the best things that any of us can do is absolutely be prepared. But be ready to go. <clears throat> excuse me. Be ready to go. What direction that they want to go? I don't yeah. ever have set questions. Yeah. Like, I, and whether that's a um, maybe that's something negative about me. Maybe. Uh, and Anthony, you know this. My prep for things is like one question, and then that's the segment. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll build it from there. Like, uh, and you know, like sometimes I'm sure these guys might get frustrated at times at like the stuff we put on our document. I'll be like one thing, and I'm like, I, I I've got this. Now, you need to just come on along for the ride with me mm-hmm. on this. And so when I do ask questions or we do interviews, I'll just write like one word or two words. And I'll make sure that they mean something to me. Yep. And then I'll see where the athlete or the coach goes with their answer. And that, that right there tells me which word I'm going to go to next. Yeah. Which way am I going, this way or that way? And then I just go with it. I like try to treat like a conversation. Well, and chances are if you've got somebody that, that's, that's giving it back to you, they're going to say something that's going to make you go, oh, I hadn't thought about this. Well, if you're truly you're listening that, to what they with. say, they're literally giving you your next question. That's the key. You get, you have to listen. And we're all different, right? Like Jamie Jamie is improv. You know, Jamie likes to say, okay, we've got we've got our scene, now let's improv it. And Jamie, Jamie is outstanding with that. BT is more, um, he's, he's more kind of like, let's, let's, skip let's let's stick to the stri- the uh the script here because he does uh so much prep work beforehand to dive in you know he, he there are certain aspects he he wants to make sure that he hits and for him it's this leads to this this leads to that so 
it's just it's just kind of all about different personalities. What makes yeah, yeah, what makes you what makes you tick, and how you get the most out of yourself, so that you can get the most out of either your co-host or like Jamie's talking about the coach or the player. Yeah, it's 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 just it's amazing how that has changed over time. Because I used to do everything, have everything written out, have questions, we go in this order, that sort of thing, and I will barely do that anymore. I started listening to Mark Maron's podcast a bunch of years ago, and he does like his prep for an interview is watching the movie of somebody that he's getting ready to talk to or listening to the music, but he doesn't get super, super into the X's and O's. So those things can kind of come up and they can talk about them organically. Mm -hmm. And so I still have to have some kind of guideline just because that's just the way that I am, but I'm way more of a free thrower now than I would have been a number of years ago. And I'm always curious about that with you guys as well with, 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 you know, because it just, it's the same kind of thing, just a, a little bit different. And I'm betting that athletes are more difficult to get to speak to than than rock stars more than more than anything else. Because I think the rock stars know that they need to promote themselves and yeah. need to not look, you know, yeah, that negative. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Um, we're we're really we're spoiled here, you know, with our relationship with the Blues. We do we have access to you know, pretty much anyone if we reach out. In particular with our show, too, with my connection to the Blues, they're very, very good to us with guests. And the guys, when they come on, they they kind of know what to expect. They know that it's not a real serious, serious interview. We get the odd new guy that comes on and doesn't really know what the heck is going on. <laughs> yeah. We'll ask something stupid, and they kind of pause. Like, what? Right. That, what that, am I doing? What? what? <laughs> I mean, that's part of the fun of it, though. I, I When Jamie and I were doing Stalter and Rivers uh, before the pandemic – those are some of our best interviews because there was no expectation. Like Eli Drinkwitz came on from Mizzou and Jamie and I at the end asked him if we could, if we could walk on to his I saw team. college eligibility. Yeah. We're like, Hey, can we walk on to your team? And, and he got, he got it. He played along. He goes, yep. listen, if you guys are, uh, are committed to the pro, Actually, he had this whole thing. So if you're committed to the program, you're here to dedicate this, that, and the other thing. We're like, we're ready to run through the wall for you. But Mozeliak, John Mozeliak came on with it, and John, you know, Mo has got this kind of reputation for being, you know, very straight laced, and you know, he's not gonna, he's gonna give you something, but you better read between the the, tea, the, the lines. But with Jamie and I, we we hit him right away with, hey, Mo, we've had we because Jamie and I were fighting. Well, I was about asking it. the question. I was like. Okay, what does he drink? Like, what does he go home and kick off? Like, right. I feel like he's like a martini And guy. I was like, no, he's a wine guy. He's a wine guy. And then I was like, there's no way he's a beer guy. Yeah. So we asked him. We're like, okay, so you're grilling outside, you know? What's your go-to? Or long day at the office, what's your go-to cocktail? And he kind of paused. I think he was probably like, what the hell are these <laughs> Right, <guys doing?" laughs> where am I? And so then he said, well, I like uh, an old-fashioned, but uh, he didn't like... Some of the simple yeah, syrup yeah. that he kept out. So I said, oh, I said, so we'll call that the Mo Fashioned. Right. And I go, Mo, I go, by the way, we're going to start a business together. Okay. <laughs> we're going to sell Mo Fashions. And uh, instead of my ties, it'll be Mo Ties. You know, like these. Mm-hmm. And he was like, uh, I don't want to be in business. <laughs> yeah. Remember he said yeah. That? I don't want to be in business. He's like, uh, no, I'd rather not be in business right. with you. But, toward, but, the, but then toward the, the end of the interview, I think <laughs> – I, I it was during the pandemic, and I was Tyler O'Neill, obviously a big, big dude, big <laughs> muscle man. And I asked him, I asked him, I'm like, hey, these gyms are closed. Like, what is Tyler O'Neill doing to to work out? Are we talking about milk jugs or whatever? And and Mo pause. He goes, honestly, I don't know. I go, this is an issue. So toward the end of the interview, he he goes, well, we'll try to get him a bow flex or something. He goes, <laughs> he goes, I'll tell you what, I'll come back on like in a couple of weeks, and I'll and I'll update you. 
And Jamie and I kind of looked at each other like, there you go. He yeah. wanted he wanted to come back on. And he did come back on. And he on. did back, yeah. And then I think Drinkwitz, too, said said to uh, whoever our producer was at the time, it might have been Austin Huff, who, you know, he goes, hey, he goes, I'll, I'd come on with those guys anytime. Because we're creating an environment that's, you're yeah. not going to come on and just get drilled. or It's yeah. not going to be, you know, you're, because why, you can listen to, you can listen to Craig Groovy after every game if you're a fan. Yeah. But he comes on to our show, and Jamie can break break things down, not only what he's seeing on the ice and ask Coach really thoughtful X's and O's questions, but also ask him about his playing career. Uh, Jamie Jamie has that reputation with him. BT's an excellent interviewer. I, Craig Ruby's kind of known, has come to know that I'll ask him about football questions. He's a Ravens fan. Yeah. So the one night the Ravens were playing the Bucks on Thursday Night Football, and I say, Coach, did you have the, did you have the, the cell phone? On the bench, did you, were you checking the Ravens score? And he was quick. He goes, "No, yeah, not at all. <laughs> Probably could find or something." But you know that you're trying, you're you're trying to have fun, yeah. man. Or else it's it's going to be boring for everybody. It's going to be boring for him, the listener, and boring for us. Yeah, it's what? probably the same thing for you. And I'll tell you what, and I'll tell you where you guys did an absolutely amazing job. And this has been something that's been that that's kind of come about over time. But I used to think Matt Holiday was one of the like stiffest. Like I've loved him as a ball player. Sure. Do not get me wrong. Loved him as a Cardinal, but I just thought he was very stoic and very yeah. ba ba Dude, you guys have broken that cat down. <laughs> and now you see the personality coming from him. He's and I awesome. love it, man. I yeah. love it. Yeah, he's and it's one of my favorites. Oh, he's fantastic. Man, just absolutely fantastic. Also, real quick, do you think John Mazalock grills in a bow tie? I think he probably does. No, I think he goes home. Uh-huh. Here's here's my version. <laughs> All right. <laughs> is, uh, I think he goes home. And uh, I think he's where he wears... You know, he's not wearing khakis anymore. He wears those like Lululemon or those bird dog pants. They're like really light. You know, they kind of look like khakis. Got it. So he kicks off the dress shoes, takes off the button up shirt. I think he goes right to the flip flops and a t shirt, a real comfortable t shirt. Huh. And I think he keeps the pants on because those are still comfortable. You know, we've yeah. I've got a pair of those. They're really comfortable. You can work out in them, Anthony. You can. Can you? Uh, yeah. Hmm. I've seen guys do it. Not me, but I've seen guys do it. I so would... that's my version of Mo. He goes home, and while he's doing that, his lovely wife makes him a, a Mo fashion, mm-hmm. and then he grabs that and sits down beside her, and uh, they enjoy their favorite Netflix series. <laughs> I just, I would pay money. I mean, I would pay so much money to see John Mazalock in a Slayer t-shirt. Like, yeah. I, like I, oh, like that, John Clayton? I mean, yeah. Yes, like that. Rest in peace, John Clayton. I, I would just love, like, if I saw that, I would go, Mo. I have been completely wrong about you over mm-hmm. these years. You're not near as stiff as I thought that you were. <laughs> so at the trade deadline, Donnie, we uh, we were talking because because Cardinals fans are and they they have a right to to kind of feel this way. You're a Cardinals fan too. That the big move is not coming, even though they got Goldschmidt and Arnado. The big move is not coming. Mo's not going to make the big move. So at the deadline this year, when we're talking about Juan Soto, we like flipped it on its head. And I said to Jamie, I go, I wouldn't. You know how great it would be if John Mozeliak showed up to a press. He calls a press conference, right? And he sits down and he says, I know everybody Everybody thinks I'm not going to make a big move. I just got Juan Soto. Stands up, flips off the camera, and walks out. Oh, like, man. how great would that be? Oh, dude. And then it got going. Like, Jamie Jamie at one point, he goes, I picture my Mo, back tattoo, 
eagle, like you're you saying, like eagle wings or something. He rips off the shirt. I just got one soda. Like, and then it just builds from there. Nipple rings. Nipple rings. That's yeah. legendary That's status here, man. Yeah. I mean, that cements you as a legend in our town. That's for sure. Oh, my God. Well, uh, gentlemen, uh, a very happy Thanksgiving to you both. Yeah, you, you too, too Donnie. Enjoy I, it. I am going to friggin' eat my friggin' self stupid over the course of the next couple of days. I do want to throw out that there are still a few tickets left for uh, the Toast to Jeff, which is oh, happening. Yeah. Yeah. On December the sixth at the pageant, uh, the the money raised there is going to split be split between Kids Rock Cancer and the Burton family. Uh, I, I think the cat's out of the bag. Blue October is going to be performing there as well. So we would love to have everybody come out and say say hello. And you can find ticket details at one hundred five seven thepointcom dot com. Thanks for hanging out, Mister Stalter. I love this, guys. I'd come back anytime. Thank Anthony you, Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers from one hundred one ESPN for Jeff Burton and Donnie Fandango. As always, thanks for listening to the Last Minute Blues podcast. Let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Powered by Together Credit Union. Empowering you to achieve your financial goals.